thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you inspiring you to awaken the change within i'm karen smith and we're in the car (laughs) and i'm kim morrison driving and i'm cindy o'meara in the passenger seat (laughs) as usual no actually you're normally driving aren't you miss cindy well sometimes yeah Yeah. but you don't trust me now because (laughs) (laughs) those days are done yeah those days are done it was it was the late night driving and the swerving that kind of changed everything for us <laughs> so, welcome to today's podcast where we are on week three of our fabulous review of the 22 habits of the happiest and unhappiest people in the world. And I think that this is such an awesome list of attributes and attitudes and approaches towards life. And Cindy has. Really, I think you found the article originally, didn't you, Cindy? Yeah. And then you, it was the 22 habits of the most unhappy people, and then you turned it around into 22 happy, 22 habits of happy people. Yeah. And I think that that's really, really cool. So fill us in. What did we cover last week? Oh, last week, what we've been doing is making sure that we give a habit a day to to consider. So if everyone's been listening, um, and if you haven't been listening, perhaps go back to the first part of this and start at the first part because it's we awesome. did it is awesome and yeah. we did seven days of things to change including you know stop complaining create experiences laugh at five uh, stay in the present keep moving forward or don't wait to be happy yeah. that one was all be about now. yeah be happy now enjoying hobbies or enjoying life really and healthy eating so that was the first week but last week what we did was we were say our habits of happy people included day one was speaking kindly of others always looking for the treasure or the good in people the second day we were looking for forgiveness and and in the end we we didn't we looked at forgiveness as being perhaps grateful for the experiences these people have given us as opposed to forgiving the third day we did keep on learning and we we gave great advice about where you can go to to do courses and we did mention our three courses <laughs> just quietly <laughs> just quietly we dub, did dub, mention dub. them <laughs> so we did mention them and others of course because it's not just about us is it well i don't know yeah. i'm not sure about that no, i think it could be i think it's getting close <laughs> The other one was start and don't quit because it's easy to start something, but then, you know, life gets in the way and, and we and quit. And it's easy to quit. And it's easy to quit. So this day four was start but don't quit. Day five was love what you do. So even if you have a job that you don't like, we gave ideas of how to enjoy your job again. Because once upon a time, you probably did enjoy it. And so it's about looking for the positive in your job as opposed to the negative. Day six, we did enjoy um, good company, but then we said, but if you like yourself and respect yourself, you're in good company all the time, so you can have a party with yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> oh, did you need to do that? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and day seven was keeping positive and talking about how to 
turn a negative thought around and putting it into a positive thought. So that was that was. So the day, the mission on that day was to always say something positive, no yeah. negatives, no yeah. comments or anything. Yeah, yeah. So that was day seven. So now we're on to the third lot of seven. We've actually got eight. So we're on to the third lot, and we're hoping to get through that in this part. Okay, we, we will. We, we will. will. We will get through. We that. will think positively. <laughs> So the twi- what, where it started, as Karen said, was the 22 habits of unhappy people. So the, the habit that is the, for unhappy people is that they jump to conclusions. Ah. They don't have all the facts and they jump to conclusions. So I reversed it and I went to know the facts. Now, you know, it's interesting, actually. People who jump to conclusions... Uh, jumping to those conclusions is a result of their own perceptions. So they don't know the facts. They have a perception of what the facts are and then respond based on their own perception. Now, here's the question. Are our perceptions actually valid or are our perceptions something that we have created as a result of our experiences, our beliefs, our attitudes, our values, what we've been handed down from our parents, blah, 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 blah. So our perceptions are filters that we kind of, well, we made them up. So if we were to jump to conclusions, we could never actually be jumping to the correct conclusion because we wouldn't be actually seeing all of reality, don't you think? Is it, is it, sorry, I'm I'm just trying to picture this because you make me go down the rabbit hole, dear Keza. That's not like her. No, goodness. Do you know I had a text yesterday from someone who said to me, Karen, she's from another planet. I'm just saying. <laughs> of course, meaning how extraordinary you are. Um, now is, I, that where, is that right? Yeah. yeah they they just, now, 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 fill me in on that. Uh, well, I'll come back to that in a minute. Okay. But it, was, it was just a beautiful comment about how privileged I feel to be with you girls on this podcast. And then oh, she said how beautiful each one of us contribute. And then I went, I know I love going down the rabbit hole. And she went, no, Kaz is on another planet. Um, and, and loved it, the fact that she goes to another whole realm of possibility and thinking. Anyway, but what I was wanting to ask you then, if you're saying that we don't want to jump to conclusions and it's about getting the facts, well, if it's still based on our perception, how do we know if those facts are the fact or is that now our perception? Well, it's interesting. It's a really interesting question because facts are always going to be based on somebody's perception, aren't they? Even when you look at a textbook from a university or a textbook from, you know, even the Bible, everything is born out of perceptions of the way that people see things. And facts, in from a scientific perspective, are always evidence-based. So if there's evidence and if there's proof, then generally we'll class that as a fact. However, even the experimentation is under there question. So... Because there's the perception of the person who's looking at the experiment and and, and changes the results. Results, and we know that you know Mm. the biology of belief. Yeah, you know how the cells actually change by the belief of the person. (laughs) Just I look. I'm amazed at how you guys, from a science perspective, ever. I can see how you'd validate something, but I can also see how you could see potential rather than invalidate it, but Mm. potential for something else. I love it. You guys have really taught me that. I don't have to believe everything I see, but I also can have my own perception and my own beliefs and values, which I think this jumping to conclusions thing is really about don't speak your mind before you've actually really thought things through, perhaps. And and I think don't stand in a position of I am right. Mm. I am a possibility. 
I'm an alternative, I'm an option, but I am not necessarily right because everything is filtered through a series of perceptions. Do you think? What do you think? Oh, I, I'm, I'm looking at your face going, what's she thinking? No, what's she no, thinking? I'm actually nodding crazily. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. And, and I'm nodding because... You know, this is how arguments happen. This mm. is because of perceptions. Is that you perceive somebody is doing something for a reason, but in actual fact, it wasn't that reason at all. It was something else. And you can never know until you ask them. Exactly, and you and ask with kindness and love, as Kim always teaches me. Oh, <laughs> you do. You do. You, you know, do. You, you definitely you do, do. do that. You are that personified. Yeah, yeah, you are definitely. So why don't I read what? Ron. Okay. Ron we decided the person who wrote these 22 habits, we can't find his name or her name anywhere, so we're calling them Ron for later. For later. <laughs> later on, we'll figure it out. But right now, you're Ron. So jumping Ron. to conclusion. Ron. You're on. You're, you're on. on, Ron. So anyway, jumping so to conclusion. Oh, you are Sorry, hilarious. I'm sorry, keep coming. I didn't mention <laughs> All right, jumping to conclusions is a huge source of not only unhappiness, but also anxiety for people. Jumping to conclusions usually comes in one of two forms, fortune telling and mind reading. Oh, <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, so fortune telling is when a situation arises and you automatically predict that things are going to turn out poorly. Because of the fortune telling, you often take yourself out of these situations, which for the most part would end in great experiences. Mm. You lose out by having jumped to conclusions and predicting an unsatisfactory outcome. Oh. That's forecasting, isn't it? Really? That just totally yeah. floats my boat. Mm -hmm. And then mind reading is when you automatically assume that others are negatively reacting to you or something you've done when there is no definite evidence. This can and will make you feel like a victim and can result in unfounded resentment towards their imaginary reactions. Very interesting, isn't it? Oh, look at the pout on Kim. <laughs> oh, I know, it's fabulous, it isn't is, it? It is, it is brilliant. And I love how he said, or I love Ron. how Ron says, <laughs> when you get trapped in that expectation or that illusion, really, then you're missing out on potential experiences that you could have had otherwise because you're caught in your perception rather than reality. I love that. I love that. But you're missing out on amazing experiences because you're trapped in the illusion of your perception. Do you know what I'm saying? And you know what we all do. well, I know I do it. Yeah, well, I do it. I think what? all humans do it. Pardon? I do. I do jump to conclusions. I I do do that. Um, you know, like for instance, just recently on Facebook, somebody had a go at me because I I went and talked about isogenics and Herbalife, and I basically said what the ingredients were, where they came from. So factual. Yeah. It's just factual. Here's the information and. And somebody said, Cindy, I've been following you for ages, but after this, I'm deleting you. I don't want to follow you anymore. Oh, bless them. So I, yeah, I just went. Well, so, no clue. Oh, did I say that? <laughs> well, I, I was actually a little bit, I actually was a little bit, oh my gosh, maybe I should stop speaking negatively about other products. And it's not that I speak negatively about them. I just say, here's the facts. You make the decision yourself and on the choices. But I, I started to think, should I be naming and shaming or naming and praising, which I do. I name and praise you guys all the time. Jess Ainscoff, Food Matters, Farage with Damien Christoph. You know, all of them I'm always naming and praising. But when I see something that is not a good food, I will name and shame. And I think 
we need you to do. Absolutely, Cindy. That's what that's what your following actually relies on you to do. But um, unfortunately, there will be always times when what you say flies in the face of what somebody has built their own belief systems on. Exactly. And then you're challenging them and nobody wants to be wrong, especially when they've got money invested in it or if they've got their own personal sense of self invested in it. Nobody wants to be wrong. So they would rather make you wrong than them be wrong. And And it's still all based on perception. And especially if they've had a positive outcome from those what they believe is a positive outcome. Well, that's what she said to me, that she said 22 years ago she was eating organic foods, good, all of this, and then she uh, tried Herbal Life and it cured her. And I went, you know, that's anecdotal, that's great, but I actually questioned. So my jumping to conclusions was perhaps I shouldn't be naming and shaming. Yeah, right. But then I had a conversation with her privately and then I looked her up and she's been selling Herbalife for 22 years. You see, and that's the thing. If yeah. they've got money invested in it, they would rather make you wrong than them be yeah. wrong themselves. So, you know, don't let your perception exactly. about what's going on with her stand in the way of your truth and your ultimate truth. Yeah. But I think you can be grateful for the fact that she oh, questioned yeah. you because then you turned around and asked everybody, would you want me to name and shame, name and praise, oh, you or did? stay quiet? Yeah. yeah, we had over a thousand comments. Oh, and, my God, and, and what was the overwhelming response? Please keep name going. And shame. Yeah. Please keep going. <laughs> name and shame, name and praise. And, and I and don't I, shut up. Yeah, and there was probably 98% who said name and praise, don't name and shame. And I'm sure that the namers and shamers were probably people... Well, see, I'm jumping to conclusions. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. There was a really good example of jumping to conclusions. <laughs> I'm not going to even do it. And I'm judging, too, which was what day was judging. <laughs> okay, I just failed. <laughs> okay, everybody just laugh at five. Laugh just at do five. that. Laugh at five. Oh, my alarm went off yesterday at five. Oh, and yeah. And I just got the oh. giggles. I'm standing in the middle of the natural health food store. And all of a sudden my alarm goes off and it goes, laugh at five. And I started giggling and this lady goes to me, oh, you've got a lovely smile. And I went, oh, it's laugh at five time. She goes, what? And I went, yeah. We could start a cult. It's how new. Yeah, I was in the the shop buying dog food. (laughs) And you laughed at five. I love because I sent you girls a text and I said, it's nearly five o'clock. Don't forget to laugh. (laughs) She said I had a lovely smile. I went, oh, you've got no idea. It's laugh at five time. Laugh at five. (laughs) Not wine at five. It's laugh at five. (laughs) So that's cool. That's cool. Well, it's, 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 I think it's you know they're not jumping to conclusions i think that's actually going to take a bit of effort yes i think that's going to take a bit of awareness to be aware of what we're thinking aware of what we're saying and aware of the way in which we approach everything that we see in front of us how are we approaching that are we approaching that through through the eyes of judgment and our own perception or are we approaching that through nothingness really you know you don't have a judgment you don't have a perception on it you just accept it for what it is Maybe that's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. And and that line that I've now really embraced, just data. It's just data. Just keep you know, just do what you need to do with the information, but don't have an emotional try. Don't attach to it. Just don't attach it's to really it. hard to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, oh, and, and we're yeah. you know, we're talking about it and we're all happy about it, but in actual fact Put us in the fire zone. Yeah, yeah in the hell. Yeah. Yeah. Shame, abuse you, hit you no. It <laughs> <laughs> comes a bit of road rage. <laughs> All right, Kimmy, you're going to have to find some shade, darling. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm going down here. All right, so beautiful. that was day one. So day Hang one. On the oil, the oil. Oh, oh, the oil. The oil I chose yes. for this. 
I went for cedar wood on this one because cedar wood is a very old oil. It's and you know, I mean, they still smell it in the Egyptian tombs and and with all the the mummification process because it's a deeply regenerating oil. So therefore, I think these are such deeply embedded habits jumping mm. to conclusions that yep. I kind of felt that cedar wood would be a really good oil to embrace. And if you haven't got cedar wood, then instant calm is a beautiful uh, oil that has cedar wood in it. Nice. So, so make sure that you, you know, do a body boost, use a spritzer, have a look at how to use the oils in a daily way that you can anchor in every time you feel it. If you put a drop of one of the oils on a tissue and when you're feeling that and you inhale it with the awareness of stopping yourself or trying to recreate it, you know, recreate a better outcome, then when you smell something like cedar wood or you inhale an oil, you're anchoring in that positive experience. Mm. I think it's a really good thing to do. Beautiful. And I love your instant calm. You know, I always say this, but my two favorite blends that I travel with, instant calm and energy and vitality. So we will be assured that I will be not jumping to conclusions when I use my instant calm. (laughs) And when I use, what did we say for energy and vitality? I forget now. Isn't that funny? I didn't even write it down. Mm. Anyway, retail therapy, creating new experiences. (laughs) Creating new experiences, perhaps. I was talking about Basil. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was day one is... This is a big one, actually. It is a huge Mm, one. I think... Not jumping to conclusions. And I think when everybody does it, we'll try and put a lot of support on our... Mm. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Kim Morrison. (laughs) And I I jumped to conclusions today three times. Let's just all admit it on on Facebook, on the... On the um, Up for a Chat page. All right. So day two. So the negative for, uh, or the habit of an unhappy person is magnifying everything. Oh. oh making yeah. a mountain out of At a molehill. And that's the and that's the, also the globalizing language. Like I never really understood what that was, but it's like, oh, it's always like this. Yeah, We never have that. You I, never say that. Yeah. You always do that. The last 30 years have been shit. Well. Well. <laughs> what do we what do we say about that? Well, yeah, this this is what you know. Uh, it's always raining. You yes, know? it's it's always windy. You know, like never right. have enough money. No. Oh. So let's see what Ron says. Ron says, oftentimes unhappy people have a tendency to blow small things out of proportion. Take a step back before you deal with an issue and try to look at it objectively. Oftentimes, if you try to take yourself. And your emotions. Now, that's the hard one. Mm. And your emotions out of the equation and think it through. You will realize that you are making a big deal out of nothing. If you still aren't sure, ask somebody you trust what they would do in this situation before losing sleep over it. So, yeah, it's... You know, that's what I love. When any one of us gets into a little bit of angsting over something, I love the way we'll language it and go, okay, girls, need a little bit of coaching here. Mm. So it's not saying... You know, and find someone that's in your corner. Find someone that actually has awareness like this. Because if you're going to go to someone and go, oh, my God, he so said this. And then you're going to go, oh, my God, what an ass. Oh, my God. And then you're going to get into oh, that. Oh, my God. But, you know, it fuels it. And now you're making the mountain even bigger because now you've got two of you mm. standing on the side of the mountain about to push someone off. Absolutely. So I think... And then the, when if you click the third girlfriend in, well, well it's all a, you're gone. Him over. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're gone. But reality is, I think if you can find someone in your camp that speaks this language. So for many of you, what I've loved with your feedback is you'll say, I introduced my girlfriend to this and now we talk. Or we've got beautiful, I know there's groups of you that now mm. have up for a chat weeks where you guys get together and discuss the podcast of the week. Which Isn't that amazing? I just, I think, that's I think this will be one of the best, like this, this whole series, because oh. we've enjoyed it so much. Oh, and we, we have to thank Ron for that. We have we to thank Ron. Ron. We have to thank Ron. Because I think what it's done is it's been a real beautiful, a beautiful reminder. Mm. And, and the timing is just perfect mm. because you can, you know, you just go through the motions throughout the course of the year. Mm. And at the end of the year, everybody's usually pretty exhausted. In the beginning of the year, everybody's kind of got a new focus, but it's, still a really amazing reminder of who are you being like what are you creating and are you still going to keep doing the same sh1t that you've always done <laughs> i would love to have said the word there but it, you know but i have <laughs> yeah well so the positive of this is keeping things in perspective mm. so or maybe keeping an open perspective you know like so or no perspective yeah yeah so you know she's gone down the rabbit hole again no perspective. No perspective. Just don't have a perception. My tummy's grumbling. If anybody heard that, <laughs> yeah, let's make passed. a fire. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that? But that's kind of like an option, isn't it? I mean, you kind of think to yourself, well, what if I just don't have any perspective on this? Because any perspective that I have is made up. Yeah, it is. But I, I actually think the whole thing um, that we started with with magnification is the never, ever, always, because it's not true, is it? It's, you know, when we look at life, it's not always about nevers and evers and always, is, mm. is it? Is, there's different situations that are happening. And um, oh, What about the Chinese whispers type of a thing oh, where yeah. you'll say something and then someone else will say it and then all of a sudden now it's 10 times worse and by the time it gets back to you, you're like, wow, I didn't say that. But, you know, there's, that's why you've got to be really careful about who you bring into your circle, I think. I, I still think it's okay to have a whinge and a bleat, and I still think it's okay to get things off your chest and be authentic to what you're feeling. But those people in your camp that are going to bring you back into, well, that's interesting, sweetheart, but have you thought about it this way? Like you do. Oh. You, well, do. you guys do that No, for me. you do. You're very good at that. Like, we'll have a whinge about something mm. or we'll have a bleat about something, and you'll go, hmm. Hmm. Like, yes, like yesterday I came in and, and said something to Kim and she goes, why do you have such a charge on this, Cindy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you do. You actually, and then you, it, I go. And you hold us accountable. Oh, I do have a big charge on that one, don't I? You know, so, yeah, I think mm. it's good to have, uh, have you know, and, and surround yourself with people or up for chatters, mm. that, you know, and listen to this because we all have a different perspective on, on mm. things. Yeah. And we're open to listening to each other's perspective because it's different, you know. And just and because of that, you know, that's the beautiful thing about perspectives and having different ones is because I've got a perspective and you've got a different perspective. It actually shows me that my perspective can't possibly be true. Wow. Because if you have a different perspective to me, then who's got, who holds the truth, yes. me or you? Yes, exactly. So that just and, and for you, your perspective is absolutely the truth, and for me, mine is absolutely the truth, which actually means that neither of us are oh. right. So you've just gone down the rabbit hole again. But isn't that? But you're the, right. It's like it's like the grass there that we're looking at. It's green, but how green is the perspective for me as to you two? And I actually don't even know what you see. That's exactly right. Yeah. So if I if I was to put it in something concrete that's like right. that. Yeah. And so you can't say that that's like a lime green because 
my lime green and your lime green might be completely completely different, different. Yeah. and I'm only seeing that color green in contrast to the brown behind it yeah you know like so and you can only see it through your eyes and I can only see it through my eyes and I can't see it through your eyes and I'm sitting in a different position to you yeah so what you can see and what I can see you can see heaps more than what I can right now <laughs> but you know what I'm saying like yeah, exactly it's just it's just evidence that neither yeah. perspective is actually I true. promise you we're not smoking <laughs> <laughs> or drinking. <laughs> but That's nobody's true. perspective is real. Everybody's just got their own perspective. Yeah. And then we treat it like it's real and relate to the world like it's real. And it hurts us like it's real. Uh-huh. Or it in- inspires us like it's real. But it's not actually real. It's just our perspective. I think the other thing so, around this magnification is that we, you know, maybe nip it on the butt. Before it gets too big, yeah. you know, confront or ask yeah. or yeah. like, let's just, yeah, I'm feeling this way. I've probably got it completely in the wrong perspective here. I really appreciate your comments and feedback on this. I do this with my kids all the time. You know, the way you spoke to me this morning, Jacob, it really hurt me. Oh, mum, sorry, I was just in a rush. Oh, all day I've been feeling sick because you spoke to me wrong and you just were in a rush, you know. Mm. So it's it's amazing. Mm. And so, that's why I've learned the art of texting or with texting with my kids, I'll go, you know, I'm really sorry that I spoke to you that way this morning. Mummy was tired or they'll come back out, sweet mum, sweet mum. Or I don't know, I love it. I love mm. that for texting, that mm. it's just a quick, put the iron out, let's just move on. Yeah. But I do the texting with a positive intention, by the way, not yeah. a... You are so in trouble. <laughs> right. Actually, I've done that occasionally. No. <laughs> okay. Right. What's so next? that was that was oh, day my two. Oil, my oh, oil. oh, the oil. So yes. I chose chamomile because chamomile oh, is one of the most beautiful flowers. It's small, so to me, the chamomile flower really epitomizes creating things small and allowing it to stay small. What with a big perspective, because chamomile has one of the most incredible aromas, very calming, very nurturing, and an exquisite, beautiful oil. Again, it's an instant calm. So if you ever wanted to know how to use chamomile. Now, there's German and Roman, by the way. So German has a very blue color to it, which is azulene, which makes it a very anti-inflammatory oil, which again is why we want to stop the inflammation of the conversation or the inflammation. So to me, both these oils, Roman and German, are anti-inflammatory. And then the Roman chamomile, which smells a bit like bananas, um, has a really beautiful aroma and it's very nurturing. So what blend is that in? Chamomile. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yes, instant calm. It's, oh, that's an instant calm. Yeah. All right. All right. What's the next one? All right. So the next one is the opposite. So the bad habit is minimization. And what Ron says is the exact opposite of magnification is minimization. Minimization is when you take real problems and instead of dealing with them, tell yourself they are insignificant. Unfortunately, you can only sweep your problems under the rug for so long before they explode. People tend to ignore problems like debt, infidelity, obesity, amongst other things. If this sounds like you, stop ignoring your ongoing problems, become actionable and take steps to fix them. Much like grudges, you will feel much better once these problems have been resolved. Mm. And what I wrote as the positive, you know, for someone of happy people is dealing with your problems. Take responsibility. Take responsibility. Take responsibility for what's going on in your life and sort that 
SH1T out. And, you know, people do that with their health. So I'd like to put the perspective of health in here. And so people do this with health in that they they ignore the signals and the whispers and, the, and what's needed to be done. And they take medications such as painkillers or anti-inflammatories. But all that does is ignores the, the real issue and the real problem, which is your lifestyle. So a lot of people do that you know, a lot of the time. So I'd like to look at it as far as food goes and and nutrition and health. What about you, Karen, as far as... I just want you to know that these two girls... <laughs> sprung. They are so sprung. They don't even know what I'm talking no, about. No, I do. I yes, do. I've been listening. Because Karen Kim has a new ring. ring on and Kim just stole the ring and is now admiring it so much that she's not giving it back to Karen and they're having an argument while I'm speaking. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea well, guys, what just, goes on behind the I audio. Was, you're just minimising <laughs> quite something quite important, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. all right. So, so the minimisation we're talking just just put, getting you guys back on track. We're talking about <laughs> minimisation and um, dealing with your issues. Honey, we're, we're women. We're we women. Can multitask. That's true. Okay. This is true. This right. is true. Good point. Okay. So, I think it's about responsibility, and I think it's about really stepping up to see, well, who am I? What am I? And what's going on in my life in this moment? And then being responsible for making your life awesome. Because either way, this is what I say. Either way, we're landing up in a box. Either way, it doesn't matter what you do, eventually we're all going to land up in a box. So it's just the quality of the journey that you want to have while you're here. And you can have your life, and, and life doesn't happen in the future. So there's no point in saying, I'll fix that later or I'll get to that later, which is minimizing it because it's minimizing what's occurring in the moment and postponing it to when you think you might be able to manage it, but you never actually do. Mm-hmm. So life unfolds moment by moment. So be with what's there in the moment and take responsibility for making this moment awesome. You know, I have, as you were talking, it reminded me of a friend and and he has a, a real problem because what he does is that he'll be using something and he'll put it somewhere and then go, I'll deal with that later. And then mm. goes off and does something else and puts something else there. So over the years, it just piles up. It, the pla- his place is a mess. You'd think it was a hoarder's place, but it's actually not about hoarding. It's actually about not putting things back where they belong. And now he can't find anything. And if you oh, wow. if you look at what's happened in this this beautiful property, is that there is just shit. Oh, I did say that word. Okay, that gives me permission to yes, say it. Yes, it does. Everywhere. <laughs> and it's so sad. It's really sad. And because he hasn't dealt with this problem for years and years and years, now he he has a huge problem and he needs to start dealing with it. You know? And that, you know, that would be showing up in other areas of his life too. He would be doing the same thing with his money. He'd be doing the same thing with his relationships. He'd be doing the same thing with his work health. or his business and the same thing with his health where everything would be put over there let's put it over there let's put it over there let's put it over there because in the moment he feels inadequate so it's more about a self-love issue and a self-acceptance issue and a, a self-knowing uh, he doesn't know himself he's got no relationship to himself so so how do you get out of that because so, uh, i am sure there are people that are listening that mm. may be in a deeper situation where they've minimized everything thinking oh yeah i'll deal with that later deal with that later deal with that later mm. how, how do we how do we get them out of it? How do we help them? Or Because I'm sure 
people listening know people like this. If they're not in that situation, they'll know people like this. What what do we do? The first thing is to really act to, the person has got to want to experience themselves differently. They've got to want to experience life differently. And sometimes it gets to the point where something really bad happens, where they are forced to deal with something. They have no time. Something happens, they maybe get sick or life throws them a really sharp curveball and they're forced to actually deal with something in the moment. So they've actually got to want to live their life slightly differently. Mm. And then, you know, because they've been putting things off for so long and for so many years, underneath all of that is that they don't feel adequate to deal with it. There's a sense of self-love there that's not, not present. So they keep putting it off because they feel like they're not capable, they're incapable of dealing with the problem. So my advice is to simply take the smallest thing in that huge big pile and just deal with the smallest thing. And then when they see that they've dealt with the smallest thing and it wasn't so hard and they didn't die, Mm. they'll get a little bit more confidence in Mm. their ability to deal with things. And then take another little thing and deal with that. And then they'll get more and more confidence. So it's they, But they've actually got to have the willingness to go to the pile. Whether yeah. it's metaphorical or whether it's physical, they've got to have the willingness to go to the pile. And if they don't have the willingness to go to the pile, nobody can force them. Nobody can ask them to. Nobody can tell them that they should. Because it's not about, it's not about thinking positive or doing anything more you know, strategically. It's not about any of that. It's about a, it's a, it's about a sense of self-adequacy. Mm. or inadequacy that's existing inside of them. And the only way that they can heal that is to go to the pile. That's it. Go to the pile and deal with the smallest thing and build their confidence. And that's how we do everything, isn't it? We Mm. chip away and Mm. how do you start a journey? It's one step at a time and you've got to keep going. You've got to, as as one of the the steps are, is start and don't quit, just keep going. Mm. And um, It's like when you start, say, a protocol or a weight loss journey or a physical transformation journey. You know, a lot of people go to start it. And if you've got a friend and you started it together, kind of when they're in it, you're thinking, oh, I'm so glad I'm not doing that as well because I can eat this and I can do that. Then a week goes by and you're still wrapped and you haven't seen any change in that person. They say it takes four weeks to notice a change within yourself. It takes eight weeks for other people to start noticing and 12 weeks for the world to notice. So, you know, it is a journey and it is Mm. a constant thing. And I think the other thing around this is listening to the whispers before they become massive. So you've really taught me this, the whisper Mm. of the body and and the inflammatory conditions within the body physically, but also mentally. So where we go with those inflamed thoughts and what we do around that, which is why I chose spearmint for this, because spearmint to me is a very refreshing oil and it's a very open new perspective oil. So whenever I place spearmint in a blend or if I use it in cooking you just feel quite like it's like a a new outlook a Mm. new beginning a new Mm. refreshing uplifting perspective on things so I think this one is quite a big one as well Mm. and you know there's a difference though my mother-in-law and you've all heard Sandy on this before she does another thing where if an issue is quite big like and there's a lot of heat or charge around it she does a thing and she does it so brilliantly she goes hold your thoughts We'll park that and let's come back to it on Sunday when we all get together over breakfast or something. And I've never really, I was never good at that. It was like, I think I've got Italian in me. It's just like, get it out um, no, and express like it. You. I know, but you want to. Like you at all. <laughs> just, you know, deal with it now. Let's move on. Yeah, I'm with, I, see, I'm with you like that. I hate parking things. I want Same. them dealt with now. But the more I watch her and how she does it, by parking it, it's like us with the kids. If there's a big issue right there and then, if you don't want to deal with it or everyone's got too much charge around it, then it goes up on the fridge 
um, so yeah, because emotion is high when emotion is high intelligence is low is so when low. you've got lots of charge mm. around something in the moment mm. it's probably not the best time to mm. deal with it and I think that's quite an interesting thing around minimization and mm. inflating things mm. so you know there's there's a place for parking as well mm. cool like that all right so uh, the next day which is day four um, for this week um, is self-labeling so Ron says this how you talk to yourself can seriously affect your self-image when you make a mistake tell yourself you made a mistake next time we will do it better saying things like you are an idiot (laughs) or you're a piece of crap does nothing but lower your self-worth this might sound insignificant but you need to believe in yourself to be happy and calling yourself names prevents you from moving on after you've made a mistake you know you say 27,000 negative things to yourself a day wow and you don't even know it that's sad, isn't it? Isn't it a tragedy? Yeah. And so it's about... Um, no, wonder posi- it's, no wonder we're tired at the end of the day. It's exhausting. It is exhausting being negative. Yeah. So it's about... Well, I put, took it to the positive and said, speak respectfully respectfully to yourself. Mm-hmm. So I, I think... I like yeah, just so being respectful of, of you. Um, and what I, I find, and it's going back to what you said, Karen, is it's about having a respect for yourself and having a, a love of self and, mm. and um, taking you know, time out for self. And we just don't do that. And by catching yourself when you say, oh, you're an idiot, like if you watch tennis players, mm. you know, some do negative talk, some do amazing positive talk, and you can actually watch it in their faces, what they're, they're actually saying. And a lot of the top tennis players always do positive talk mm. yeah that's yeah, good isn't it i think i always bring up the analogy here where i say to people you know let's give it a different perspective so if you're saying you're a fat cow or i hate my stomach or i don't like my boobs or i don't like my hair or anything like that i always sort of sit there and try and because it's normal and natural and it's almost like we're programmed to think and talk this way for some reason you hear it with a lot of young people but it comes from their mums or their dads looking at themselves in the mirror and whatnot and i always say to people you might not like your legs it's taken you a long time to get your legs to that place. They didn't just all of a sudden get overweight and dimply and look like you've been shot at with a machine gun. So um, they didn't quite. <laughs> he did say that. <laughs> but seriously, think about it. What did it take to get to that level? Well, you might not be happy with it right here and now, and they might not be your perfect perception of what legs should look like. But as of now, you are going to do something about it. And in that moment, think about the person in a wheelchair. Who does not have the use of their legs? And all of a sudden now, if I told you you were going to lose the use of your legs tomorrow through a, God forbid, an accident, what would you think of them now? Dimples or no dimples? You know, it's about being grateful for what we've got sometimes rather than what we haven't got. That's what I think. Yeah. I like that. And I think being respectful of yourself. Because, you know, you are what you are. You have what you have. And no matter what you think and no matter what you see of yourself it is what it is Mm. and if you are having negative thoughts you're having negative thoughts if you are somebody who generalizes stuff you you are generalizing things be respectful of yourself and instead of saying well i wish i wasn't like that be respectful of what is and then from that place we can create change you know fall in love with who and what you are first as a platform for change. Agreed. So on day four, this will be a a time for catching themselves. 
So whenever they say a negative about themselves, like, oh, you idiot or you crazy or whatever it is, or yep. gosh, I hate that. I hate that about me. Perhaps they start with the body boost, Kim. So what oil would they start with in the beginning of the day? What oil would they start with for this day where they have to be respectful of themselves? Yeah. Well, I mean, the oil that comes to mind for me is jasmine. So we've spoken about rose already, and I think we spoke of rose for one of the other self self-love things that we had to do or the loneliness the socializing who you socialize with so rose is the queen of essential oils jasmine is the king the yin and the yang and to me jasmine is a beautiful oil for self-love and it's an aphrodisiac it's a nurturing oil it's a sensual oil so it's about being back in touch with your senses so for me personally that's one of my favorite perfumes and when i am feeling a little down on myself or i'm not feeling at my best, maybe through lack of sleep, maybe just I don't feel like I'm being a good enough mom or I haven't been a good enough friend or daughter, whatever it is. In that moment, I always go to Jasmine and I put him on and I go, you rock, you're the king, queen and absolute royalty in my life. So to me, it's Jasmine. So let's say for day four, we do a body boost with Jasmine. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if we you haven't do, got Jasmine, we can do romance and intimacy. All right, romance and intimacy, if you haven't got that. And that... They, they finish it with a self-love talk, like an affirmation. What would that affirmation be? I am woman, hear me roar. <laughs> or I or love me. Mm. I rock. You, you know, and even, I always say that people, I, I think we underestimate the power of self-talk sometimes standing in the mirror and looking at that person. If it was your daughter, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, your son, your partner, you would probably look at them and go, you totally rock my world. Or, you know, if you love someone that much, how would you talk to them? Mm. Now I want you to picture that person in the mirror and talk to them the way you talk to your best friend. That's the key because often we look at ourselves and see nothing but self-hate or not good enough or not worthy. And we don't practice it because there's a fine line between well, what people perceive as confidence and people perceive as arrogance. So I think sometimes I think it's beautiful to be confidently arrogant about how much you love yourself in a way with positiveness, like with a real genuine love of self. And it takes practice because we're actually conditioned to not tell people how great we are. We're conditioned to tell people, oh no. Especially in Australia, the tall poppy syndrome. It's New Zealand, it's England, it's America. I mean, Americans do it very well, but often that can come across as inauthentic. Mm. So I I think it's a global issue. I don't think it's just Just Australia. Australia. And for those who love their animals, (laughs) think about the way you are respectful and and talk to your animals. Mm. All you have to do is listen to Karen talk to her animals and you'll know how to talk to yourself. Yeah. (laughs) I tell my fluffies how much I love them 300 times a day. So stroke yourself. Stroke well. yourself. <laughs> Give yourself a little smush behind the ears. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, that was day four. Now day five is the negative. So for unhappy people, they don't have goals. So the positive is let's have goals. So it's really interesting. Ron has a photo of someone obviously finishing a marathon. So oh, look at that. I thought Kim would like that. Yeah. And, I, and I remember this year when Kirsty called you and I, Kim and I, and said, let's do a triathlon together. And I went, I'll do the swim. And Kim said she'd do the run and Kirsty would do the bike. And that was January. And I went, I have to start training. And I had a goal. Mm. And I swam every single day. And now I'm addicted to swimming. 
but that was my goal was to make sure that I did the best job that I could do for my teammates. Mm. And so having, and that was just a small goal, but it was a goal and we've all got goals in our, in our life. And I, re- I remember my dad teaching me at 15 about goals and writing them down that it's really, really important to write down your goals because it becomes even more solid. I know there was a research done at Harvard University and they looked at graduates from 20 years back and the ones that had written down their goals and worked towards their goals had 95% greater chance of reaching them than those that just thought them of what they wanted to do. So we know that making them solid is an important, you know, really important part of having goals. I love your manifesting Matisse for that. Oh, yeah. Mm. The 10 stages, oh, yeah. you know. It's brilliant. Dr. Michelle Nielsen has a beautiful book called Manifesting Matisse, and you can download her meditations. You can actually hear her on her website. So so look her up. I think she's a beautiful way of looking at goals. And then for those of you in the executive world, Robin Sharma is you know an executive Leaders. coach that is an amazing leader mm-hmm. that helps you set goals. And then you've got personal goals like personal trainers if you want to do a physical transformation. And and then I love I love what Karen has with your online programs around I think the self goals the self, the goals around handling your emotions or maybe 2015 is a year that you are not going to get angry anymore you're not going to raise your voice a massive goal but maybe one of the goals cuz Jacqueline is very big on speaking softly, nonviolent communication, mm. and believes that it's very important that we actually communicate with a soft voice. There is no need to ever raise our voices. Wow. Mm. Imagine that for a challenge. So, yeah, I think definitely those goals are important. I love little goals, and I love big goals. So mm. if someone said to me, we're going to walk Machu Picchu in 2016. Oh, could we? Oh, <gasps> Can we do an up for a change? Why don't oh, we do an Awaken the Change 2016 mm-hmm. Machu Picchu? And can our participants come? Yes, can our that's come? what I'm saying. I'm like, mm-hmm. let's do a an up for a chat and go to Machu Picchu oh. and hike Machu Picchu. Okay, okay. Right, there's Done. our goal. That's ours. Everyone put it down. <laughs> Everybody put it down and 2016. start saving. Start saving. Seriously, it's, it's on my bucket list, oh, and well, I wrote it for 2016. Okay. I would love Machu Picchu. We'll figure out the date, and we'll make sure everybody knows. But we've just written it down: 2016. Look, oh, 2016 Machu Picchu. So love to do that. Really? I, that's been one of my bucket lists too. Mm. Oh, Ever wow. since I read Celestine Prophecy. Oh my god, that was years ago, and I yeah. love that book. Mm. My mum and my sister have actually just been reading Celestine Prophecy the last couple of weeks again, and it's uh. all yeah, and it's amazing. You can read it ten years ago and read it now, and you see completely. Oh, different. I want to read it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My that was one of our really first self-help yeah. books, really. It was, same, same, wasn't it? James Redfield. James Redfield. Is yeah, that James Redfield. And then he wrote one, The Tenth Insight, the one after that's that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I loved those books. Oh, I'm going to do that. All right. So I handle that more than a course in miracles. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, that, that's the thing. So, so day five is make goals. So yes. it, small and large. So your large one will be come with Kim, Karen, and Cindy to Machu Picchu in 2016. Oh we'll figure gosh. out a date. You may want other big goals, so you can write them down. But that will be your major one. <laughs> well, and, and the oil I've chosen here is oh. Clary Sage. So oh, Clary, Sage Clary Sage is one of the most euphoric oils. And I think when you're setting goals. Go into a euphoric state as if if time and money was no issue and you could wave a magic wand, what is it you'd want to achieve or have in your life? And clary sage is considered the champagne of essential oils. So just inhaling clary sage, you can feel like you've just had a glass of champagne, that little, oh, that little euphoric kind of feel. So I think snort some clary sage. 
have a glass of champagne and sit down with your goals list and create a what if. There was no time or money as an issue. I really think dream big because sometimes we don't even know what those big goals are until we sit there and go. Because we always have a limiting belief that we'd never do it. But if you had, if time and money is no objective, how would this look? What do I want? I think it's And can I throw something in to finish this little piece off? If you can see it. You can be it. Otherwise, mm. you wouldn't see it. Yeah. You would see something different. Mm. So whatever you see as a possibility for yourself is actually what is there for you, and it's just waiting for you to arrive in it. Don't be attached to how you get there because that's not your business. The how you get there is the universal orchestration and the unfoldment of people that you meet and opportunities that come your way and challenges that you find. But if you can, if you can see it and hold the vision of it, and don't let go of the vision of it. That's what's there for you. That's what's your part of your your purpose, part of your journey. So mm. if you can see it, you can be it. So it's goal setting. Um, and one of the, the things that we learnt with goal setting was, you know, to do the, the small and the big. And I remember, you know, back in 1992, my husband and I did two huge goals. And we had no money at the time. We had two children and a third one coming along. And we wrote two goals. One was to have a home on the water. And the other one was to travel around Australia for two years with our kids. And we did both. We did both. And they were huge goals. And I went, there's no way. You know, we have no money. How can we take two years off? You know, you go through that whole thing. You write it down, though, and the universe conspires against you to do what you you have written down for, mm. or with you I should conspires say conspires for you, for you. Mm. but it also goes against you if you've written that goal down and you're thinking as yeah, that goal's like getting that. closer because that was an eight year goal and yeah so these are cool to do in your family as well mm. with your kids yeah we often do this around Christmas New Year where as a family we sit down and set some goals for the year and then Danny and I'll do it together and then I like to do my own ones as well yeah. so don't be worried if you've got a partner that thinks this is all cobs wobble or you've got kids that are too old or too young or anything. Don't worry about what mm. other people think or feel or anything. But if you can start setting the example and doing that, then you'll be amazed at how the family wants to become a part, especially when they see you ticking off those goals yeah. the following year. Yeah, and, and that's there, true. And just be very aware with your setting of the goals that you don't second-guess them. Because, you know, it's like you, you can set a goal that would fulfill you or feels like it would fulfill you 100%, but you only participate 50% because, as you said, Kim, you have limiting beliefs around whether you can or you can't achieve them. So don't give yourself the luxury of a negative thought when it comes to setting goals. Don't indulge in that because there's no room for that. The universe requires 100% participation. Mm-hmm. You can't say to the universe or you can't say, I want $40,000 a month, but yet you only participate. Mm-hmm. At Very 50% good because you have a negative belief about whether your capacity or you're capable of that. Mm. D- it doesn't work that way. And that's why so many times we can say we want something or set an objective for something and it never actually comes to fruition because we didn't play it 100% for it. Mm. We only played it 50% or 30% because we have all of this, this other stuff running in the background that stands in the way of it coming to life. So, And, and don't give up on it. You know, perhaps, it could take a while. Well, it could. There. But perhaps do begin with just some little goals, like yeah, the decluttering of a house or, a, you know, not that that's a little goal, but or the decluttering of your bathroom. Maybe just start with little goals and mm. write them down. Or read E squared and test yeah. the universe yeah. and go with it that way. Because so it many. builds confidence. Mm. That's right. It builds yeah. confidence. And as you get that and that daily list mm. is a goal list as well mm. you know i've got to get this done this done this done and this done and then you tick it I off love it. and yeah love we're all tickers off okay so 
goal setting is day five. Day six, and I'm going to throw this one to you, Karen, because ooh, ooh, we ooh. do this all the time. So the habit of an unhappy person is worrying about what other people think of you. I'll stop. Mm-hmm. 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 And you've said instead. <laughs> I've said and said, it's none of your business <laughs> what people think of you. <laughs> and that's so true. Byron Katie has this philosophy, which is just balls. And she says, there's my business, there's your business, and then there's universal business. And my business is to be in love with me, intimate with me, know me, complete with me, be with me and be the best version of me that I'm capable of being in any given moment. And you know what? If you really are focusing on all the things that we've spoken about over the last three weeks on the podcast here, you are so busy with you that you really don't have time to be all up in anybody else's business anyway because you're so busy trying to make your own business complete and amazing and your own experience of yourself complete and amazing. So... There's my business and my business is to be wholly and solely attached to making me the best version of me. What you do with that is your business. It's got nothing to do with me. What you think of me, what you want from me, what you believe of me has nothing to do with me. And if I'm really putting all of my energy into my own business, I've got no energy to be paying attention to what you think of me anyway. And then the universal business is people I meet, the money I get, how fast the grass grows, the colour that the rose blooms, what time the sun comes out, <laughs> the tides, the stuff that's happening on the other side of the world, all of that has nothing to do with me. That's all universal business. So really, there's no point in me trying to control any of that. The only thing I can control is my business. And if I'm the best version of me, hopefully you'll like me. But if you don't like me, well, that's your business. And I don't have time to actually think about that because I'm too busy on my business anyway. It's a big one to practice, isn't it? it? You know, like we do care what other people think and we do tend to worry what other people think. And I know personally, you know, the more knowing 28 and like chocolate woman becomes, the more aware I am of people's opinions, the more people that don't like what you do or perhaps don't enjoy what you're about and... And it's realising that you're just not the right person for those people and accepting that that's okay. Um, And that there's enough for everybody. Mm. There's enough different types out there for everybody. That's a really good point. Mm. You know, that's a really good point is that we can't please everybody 100% of the time. And it's not our job to do that. No. Well, as far as what we're saying, there will be people that are just not right because they don't... Like, I'm thinking about all the books that I've ever read on uh, manifestation. Or manifesting, and the one that clicked with me was Michelle Nielsen's. But I've probably read a hundred others, but never really. She was the one for me, and it's like people may love my way of eating, whereas there'll be others that will want to be vegans, and so they won't follow me because I'm definitely not a vegan. And no, we're not. working on it. We're working. We're, we're, <laughs> good luck with it. Yeah, I was just about to say we're having absolutely no success there. At all. Did you see what she ate at lunch the other day? Yes. Did you see her eating the lamb chops? At the ball? Yes. Bear grills remover. Yeah, hello. <laughs> I don't think we're going to stop that one eating meat. No. But, no. I think, but I think the thing is, too, is that the more you practice understanding that you are for some and you ain't for others, yeah. the more yeah. you really, really practice that, the more freedom you actually get. Because when you're attached to how people think of you or whether they like you or they don't, they don't look like you, 
it can actually be soul destroying. Mm. Yeah. You know, when you get a when you get a negative comment on Facebook, or if you get a negative email, or you get somebody sharing a piece of their mind with you, all of that's filtered through their own perceptions. Mm. It's all filtered through their own pains and their own need to defend themselves against you or whatever. You know. Mm. So none of it actually has anything to do with you in reality. It has nothing to do with you. But the important thing is really saying and understand that that is their business and love them anyway. I yeah. like that. Do you want to hear what Ron has to say about it? I'd love to hear what okay. Ron has to say. So he says, so many people spend a ridiculous amount of time trying to please others. This generally stems. It is exhausting. Um, this generally stems from the insecurity that other people are judging them. People do their hair a certain way, dress a certain way, and act a certain way in an attempt to fit in. All these things take so much energy, yet in most circumstances, the people you are friends with would like you regardless if you did the things you do try and impress them. Stop doing things for other people and do things that make you happy. Go out with your hair a mess. Oh, Kim, I'd like to see that. <laughs> for her or me? Her. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking. Yeah, no, not going to happen. No, yeah. it ain't going to happen. Um, wear a pair of torn up sweatpants in public and do it with a smile on your face. No, look. I've got torn shorts. Oh, she's got torn shorts on today. Yeah, but they're trendy and yeah, they're they designer trendy. and they're probably $300 pair of shorts. <laughs> okay, true. And you know what? We love you regardless of that. Yeah. And this is what he says. Your friends will love you regardless if you don't know somebody. Why do you care what they think? Mm. It's true. It's mm. true. Yeah, it's. It, but I think too, I think that's kind of like in society – most humans are in constant search of love and, and acceptance. Mm. So we're wanting to be accepted. And I, I guess the more high profile you get, you, it doesn't mean that you stop being human. You still want love and acceptance. Yeah. You know, and the, the risk that you run the more high profile you get, I think, is that there are more people that become familiar with you. Mm. And then, there, you know, there are more people that could potentially not agree with what you say, which is all the more important. Why it's all the more important to distance yourself from the need mm. for acceptance from anybody other than yourself, you know, and anybody other than your own sense of, well, why am I doing this? I'm doing this because this is my belief and this is my passion and those that wish to follow will follow and those that wish not to follow will not follow. Mm. And one and of the not- biggest things for a, a sanguine or a playful personality type, one of their greatest needs is acceptance. Mm. So this is a really big one for those sanguines out there to really practice the acceptance. If you can accept yourself first, mm. that's the key. So the oil I chose for this was actually, <laughs> I chose black pepper. Because quite frankly, this is a kick up the butt oil. And I think that when you start going into your negative talk or worrying about what other people think and feel, kick yourself up the butt with black pepper and get back on track and realize it's none of your business what they're thinking of you. And that's a real good oil to say, get back on track. It's a great oil. And the other and the blend that's got that in it is energy and vitality. Energy and vitality, which is... I'll just keep putting That's that on. That's my favorite one. Yeah, I'm just going to just keep putting it on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, day seven is, and we actually have, it's 22, so we're going to have two more this week. So this will go on past the week. But you get to have two in a day. How about that? Okay. Else? All right, we'll do that one. So it's letting strangers affect your mood is, is the habit of an unhappy person. So the habit of a happy person would be in control of your feelings. So is that kind of similar to the worrying about what other people think? Uh, No, you know when somebody cuts you off in traffic? 
I would think that that's somebody. That's what I think. Let's see. The world is a scary place. There are lots of pissed off people and people who want to drag you down to their level. If somebody gives you the middle finger while driving, (laughs) smile back at them and let them spend their energy being cranky. Don't let somebody else's bad day control the outcome of yours. If you have to deal with a grumpy person, kill them with kindness. (laughs) I love this one. Whenever somebody does that to me in the car, no, I start typing. Oh, I, I clap and I laugh. Oh. <laughs> and that would just irritate them even oh, more. Yeah. I blow kisses. Oh, See, that's oh. just irritating. Yeah, no, but it's nice. So he, he finishes off with saying, Ron finishes <laughs> off with saying, oftentimes your unfounded happiness will make them realise how big of a jerk they are being. <laughs> well, and the, even there if they go. don't. And if they don't see it, they don't. But I love this one. And I always say to the kids, if they go, oh, he's been a real jerk, I go, oh, let's see what we can do to turn them around. Let's see if we can make them smile. Let's see. And some of them, you can't. They are happy in their misery. Yeah. And you know what? Let them stay there. Get out of that vortex quickly. Mm. But I, I really think that this one, you know, this happens every day. Being served in a shop, someone on the phone, you know, like it, it happens all the time. So what can you do to turn that around or how do you allow that not to affect your day? Because I tell you what, apparently, and Kaz, you might be able to correct me on this, mm. we will tell a negative story 10 times more than we'll tell a positive story. So we'll go out and say to someone, oh my God, you won't believe how they they served me in that shop. Oh, don't go there. And we'll all create an energy and a story around that. And it's not often we actually turn around and go, you know what, they are so beautiful in that shop. I mean, we do. I notice we always Mm. compliment people and probably people listening to this too, but you probably know people that are really always looking for the negative or tell you the worst story or the bad meal they got. or the. And I think our job is to actually be a ripple effect for Mm. helping people to see the good in those strangers i love going out to a stranger and telling them they're hot like today in the coffee shop (laughs) (laughs) how hot's our sweet i'm just saying i think sean was pretty hot i did too sean's gorgeous as soon as i walked in i went yeah you're the one okay just so everybody knows that this is a coffee shop right next to changing habits and across the road from 28 and around the corner from karen (laughs) karen smith and um yeah and all the girls were talking about how hot one of the particular guys were in the coffee shop. And when I, when I walked in, I went, yeah, no, I think the other one's hot. <laughs> They're both hot. Yeah. yeah. It's a good coffee shop to go to. And the coffee was really nice. Yeah. I really enjoyed yeah. that. Mm, so was the coffee. But it's... <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're calling it now. Our coffee break. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it, but how nice was it to make them both feel amazing? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. they loved it. <laughs> I kept saying to them, now I know. Now I know why my girls keep wanting to come get coffee. Hello, Christmas. Very Hello, New Year. Funny. And then I hashtagged them and, and, you know, Instagrammed them. And I think it's really, it's cool. In fact, today, why don't you take a photo of someone or some complete stranger or a business or something like that and post something positive about that business or that company or that interaction that you had? Let's do that. Okay, so. Permission first, though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Did you, you get permission from yeah, Kai yeah, Coffee? Yeah. Oh, he gave me at and, Kai Coffee hashtag. <laughs> yeah, he did. He was very excited. He would have been really happy. Yeah. So that's day seven. And, and so what's the Pardon? Ylang Ylang. Ylang Ylang. Ylang Ylang is the, the... Um, this is a mood elevator. It's a beautiful, again, it's aphrodisiac, central. So again, it's getting in touch with those senses of goodness. Mm. So Ylang Ylang, and that's again in romance and intimacy. So it's a beautiful oil for celebrating, you know, life. People, we don't, you know, people still say to me this day, they remember the smell of my wedding. And Ylang Ylang oh, was beautiful. an oil that we had at our wedding. I was never invited to your wedding. Yes, you were. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. 
In another life. In another life. Mm. Uh-huh. You weren't either, were you? No. We weren't at her wedding. No, very upset about it. Very that. upset Well, about I think that. when we have our 25th wedding anniversary celebration, we'll just do it again. You two can be my bridesmaids and apricot puffed sleeves. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Can we, can we, can we? Yes, yes. Oh, well, We've been be. dying to do that. We have. We have been dying to do it. Okay, so that's day seven. So I love this one. The negative is, is the negative is wanting more money. Everybody wants more money. Yeah, they seem to. And I turned it around to being grateful. Because I couldn't think of uh, another turnaround for that. Wanting less money (laughs) is not the negative. But being grateful for what you do have Mm. and what you've got. Because we know that being grateful is is a way where new things come into your life. Um, Because I... I've been doing this with my girls and I haven't got Brogan into it, but I've been doing it with my girls where we write down the 10 things we're grateful for for the day. Mm. I think it's a great habit. Mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah, I, we always say this in workshops. Well, I tend to say this. You know, the two biggest reasons why we don't do things or have things or experience things is because of time and money. And I always try and turn it around. It's a reminder for me all the time when I don't think there's enough and I certainly have definitely cut from my conversation to my children no we haven't got enough money or what do you think money grows on trees like I'm really conscious of my language around money because unless and even look at the words around wealth filthy rich stinking rich like it's always a negative connotation around being rich and and having abundance so to me it's more about hey great idea Let's focus on how we can create that and make that happen if we don't have the money there and then sitting in the bank account. So I think money is a massive thing because at the end of the day, we all have bills to pay and we all have lives to lead. But really, have you ever starved in this? You know, we are very blessed to live how we live. And there is always enough if we look at it. And if you haven't got enough, like when we lost a whole lot of our money in in the big financial collapse a number of years ago, we were destitute in our eyes. We had nothing. And then I looked around and I said to the kids, we live in a nice house. We've got a car. Our marriage is still together. And most importantly, we've got our health. And you got good food. You had good food. You know, like seriously, Mm. you you might lose your equity, but you also have the potential Mm. to rebuild. And I remember thinking at that time how unfair life was. But then I thought of the 70-year-olds that were stuck in that financial collapse Mm. who wouldn't have a possible Mm. chance of rebuilding. And that's what turned me around when I heard and I saw an interview with a couple in their 70s and I went, oh, my gosh, kick yourself up the butt, get back out there. This can make you, you Mm. know. It doesn't have to determine you, but it can make you. Mm. So for me, you know, around money, and it's been a big thing because I'm taking risks all the time and, you know, there is enough. In fact, Mm. there's more than enough and it's exciting creating that. (laughs) Got to live on the edge. Well, let's see what Ron says. Ron says, money, everybody wants it. Nobody seems to have enough of it. Or do they? Most people think that if they had more money, their happiness would increase accordingly. Unfortunately, much like waiting for the future, the illusion that more money will solve all your problems and make you happy is nothing more than just that, an illusion. According to a Princeton University study, emotional well-being and happiness does not rise with income, but only to an annual household income of 75000 if your household income is already over 75000 it might be time to reevaluate your happiness. More money is probably not going to make you much happier. And you see millionaires, multi-millionaires not happy. Like I think of, I always think of Diana, you know, Princess Diana. You know, she had millions and millions of dollars. But was she happy? I, and I'm making a judgment here. I must admit I'm making a judgment here. 
but was she happy in her marriage? Was she happy with the things she, you know, with what she was doing? And you look at a lot of really wealthy people and are they happy? So happiness doesn't necessarily mean more money as the, you know, our Princeton University research project goes at 75,000. Wow. I think it's really interesting in, in that we, we think that money will make us happy, but it's not the money per se. It's the experiences that the money will buy us that we go in ferocious pursuit of. Because when we think about happiness, we think about holidays. We think about being able to have whatever we want whenever we want. We think about being able to go to lovely restaurants. We think about being able to buy our children beautiful Christmas presents and birthday presents and, you know, shower them with, with the love that, you know, gifts yeah. could potentially, you know, provide us with. But the interesting thing is all of that, there are other ways to create that. Like instead of going to a beautiful restaurant, make a lovely meal at home. Mm. Your kids don't care about a $3 million trampoline. They just care about a trampoline. Yeah. You know, or they just care about quality time, actually. For kids, they only care about quality time. So if you give them a box full of quality time for Christmas, that's all that they actually want. And if you think about being able to buy whatever you want in the latest fashions, well, the latest fashions last 20 minutes. And the latest shoes last 20 minutes. I know I have a wardrobe full of them. <laughs> <laughs> you think about what you get from a beautiful holiday. Well, you get time out. You get time out of the life that you've been living. Well, you can do that anytime you want to. Just get in your car and drive to a beautiful rainforest and walk through that rainforest. Go and have a picnic in that rainforest with a bottle of water and a couple of beautiful snacks and pieces of food and so you say hot men and hot well hot men throwing a few hot men you know but you, you know there friends are, there are oh, other ways to create the yeah. things that we think that money can buy us yeah. that will generate the happiness well and i guess the question then comes in why are you wanting to get away from the life that you're living because most people are not happy in the skin that they're in mm -hmm. they're really not because they've created a life that's overstressed over they're overworked they're underrested they are underappreciated by themselves. They don't love themselves. They're not there for themselves. They're completely lonely, totally disconnected, and they live a life that they just can't bear. So they're wanting money to buy them freedom from that. And, I, and, and money never buys you that. That's why when, once you reach that $75,000 threshold, it doesn't actually buy you the thing that you think you're going to get because the thing that you're wanting money to buy you is an escape from the life that you've created. So escape from that life first. And then money becomes secondary. And I can honestly say, you know, for me personally, I was one of those people up until this year. Up until this year, I was one of those people thinking once I've, once I've hit that, once I've hit that marker financially, I will be happy. Everything will be easy and I'll be happy. And you know what? I hit that marker this year. <laughs> and I can honestly say to you, it did not bring me what I thought it would. And I, and I, actually had to sit down and figure out the recipe behind all of that and what was that about and I got amazing clarity as a result of all of that of what I am prepared to do and what I'm not prepared to do and I actually did a little ritual where I decided that I didn't want to live the life that I'd made for myself because it was strangling me so I this year decided to rid myself of the things that felt like they were trapping me and it, none of it had anything to do with money. All of it had everything to do with the way I thought I needed to live and what I thought I needed to do in order to have the freedom that I thought money would buy me. I thought, okay, well, money didn't buy me that freedom. In fact, all that it did was it bought me more of a noose around my neck. So I am going to rid myself of the things that rob me of freedom mm. and see how important money really is. And it's been an amazing journey in terms of gaining perspective. I think it all started with No Spend February.
<laughs> but she did so well. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I got we got asked on Facebook if oh. we're going to do a no spin month again next year. Oh, I yeah. think we should. Yeah, I think we yeah. should. Yeah. And you know what I think would be really cool is the money that we would have spent putting it into a little jar or whatever and then putting giving that to our favorite charity. Oh, what a cool idea. Yeah, Actually, that's like a brilliant to, idea. Okay. I'd like to set something up next year. I mean, I donate a lot of money to animals each year, but I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to do something. Yeah. That's the gift of money, by the way. Mm. The more you earn, or the more, the more you, you create, give. the more you can give, yeah. and that's what I will. I will. I mean, do another experiment. I'm sure we all do it at times. But if you did win the 10 million lotto this weekend, what would you do with it? It's such a fun thing to do. Yeah. And who you'd share that money with? Mm. I mean, the oil for abundance is vetiver. Vetiver is a beautiful oil, and when I'm selling a house, I'll put make sure vetiver's in the vaporizer or the diffuser. Vetiver is the oil whenever you want to create more in your life, particularly around money and affluence. So it's an exquisite oil, a very earthy, deep, resonating mm. oil, but it's the oil for abundance. And that's mm. spelled V-E-T-V-E-T-I-V-E-R. I just um, want to add something there. My girlfriend, Ricky, is working out west, and they have students that, that come to their one-and-a-half-million-acre ranch or whatever you call them. Farm. <laughs> farm. <laughs> it's a big farm. And she's told me that they had this beautiful Aboriginal boy, Winston, and obviously oh, what a gorgeous beautiful name. Winston. And he was from a family of eight children, and he didn't have a swag. He doesn't have anything. He didn't have a hat. He just had the clothes on his back. And, you know, even the simple act of getting a swag for him and getting him a hat Mm. would make his day. But he was happy. Like Ricky said, he was the happiest boy. He was so happy despite having nothing. Isn't that beautiful? So maybe we had the same thing in India. When we went past that little village, we pulled over on the side of the road and I sat there looking at these people living in mud huts and and thatched roofs and and they all looked kind of like dirty and I was looking at them thinking oh my gosh those poor things I said it out loud with Taylor Jacob and Danny in the car and I went oh my gosh if I had money I would so love to help these people and Jacob goes they look pretty happy to me (laughs) and I thought oh my gosh and Taylor goes and then one of them whacked the other kid on the head and they all started crying and Taylor goes they're no different to us and in that moment, I went, oh, how arrogant mm. to think that my Western way of thinking would make them happy. by giving. They were in a village. They had a community. They were part of a greater force mm. than perhaps we could ever we imagine. Could understand. So, when so we went to Fiji, it was very similar. Uh, I would look at the villages and see the dogs roaming around, <laughs> and the dogs were all skinny. And I look at that and I think, oh, my God, poor little things. But those dogs have got freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Every dog's dream. <laughs> Absolutely, every dog's dream. It's amazing though, isn't it, through our own perception yeah. and perspective of what wealth is. And that was one of our, our things that we looked at. How cool has this been? Yeah, it's oh, been, I've loved every second yeah, of it. Yeah, me too. It's, I've really enjoyed it. What's the action for today, though, for that day? So that's day eight. What, what's the action? To get a journal and to be grateful? Is that part of it? To, I think that would be wonderful as a start for people. Okay. To start to be really, to start to actually acknowledge what you do have. Because in the moment, in the moment, you always have enough. Yes. You always, always, always have enough. Even Winston, in the moment, he has always got enough. Mm. And I think it's our desire for more than enough, therefore, you know, thinking, if I have more than enough, then I'll never go without. Mm. 
But that's future-based thinking. Mm -hmm. So just come back to the moment of what do I have and be really, really grateful for what you actually have in the moment. And journaling is wonderful because it puts you in touch with yourself. Mm, It does. It gets you to really see what you're thinking. And most people listening to this podcast have everything. I mean, the fact you have access to a computer and you have a phone and all of those things, let's let's get a little bit more real Mm. about the things Mm. that we actually have. I I love that idea. So it's not even about the money, is it? Mm. It's not. It's not. It's never about the money. It's Mm. what the money will give us. All right. So let's summarize this week. What everybody's doing is that instead of jumping to conclusions, um, know the facts, keep things in perspective rather than magnifying them. Uh, take responsibility and deal with your problems rather than minimizing them. Speak respectfully to yourself. Make goals. And remember, it's none of your business what people think of you. So, and don't let people affect your mood. So be in control. Be kind to strangers. Be kind to strangers. That was that one. I didn't write that one down. So be kind to strangers. And the last one is be grateful for what you have and start a journal. Awesome. And participate in life. Now, the oils that we used were Cedar Word and Instant Calm. Um, They were knowing the facts and not jumping to conclusions. We had Chamomile, Spearmint, Jasmine, and also Romance and Intimacy, Clary Sage, Black Pepper, and Lang Lang. And Vetiver. Oh, and Vetiver. And Vetiver, which was, you know, being grateful and... The abundance. The abundance oil. So, this is, yeah. I want to go and get all my oils out. I know. Yeah, I do too, actually. I was just thinking, you know, I want to... I'm actually going to write this list with the oils and put it where all my oils are because mm. I have all my oils together. I'm going to put them where my oils are. Can I put might, this on the Facebook page? Yeah, what well. I might do is do a charter with the blend and the individual mm. oils. Okay. So which ones? And then you can get them You can get them all at 28 or you can mm. get into, you know, go into your health food store and get a good quality yeah, oil. But we, we know 28 though, Kimmy. And like we, I know for me, I like to trust who I'm, I'm mm. buying from and mm. I, I just feel that, you know, they can go online and they can can get these or can get an array of them because you might do 10 blends that all work in there and they just have to buy those 10 blends Mm. or they can buy the whole lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or you will not get sick of them. Once you start anchoring these sort of experiences with oils, you know, I was working it out this morning. I did a post today. It was something I do every day and I put the post on and it was, I body boost every day and I use my essential oils every day and I added it up and I thought nearly 30 years I have been using essentials, mm. and I have never missed a day. Mm. Never. I just That's love gorgeous. Mm. All right. Well, this brings us to the end of today's podcast and the end of our 22 habits. So hopefully you guys have loved it as much as we have. It's been very cleansing and very soul rejuvenating, I think. <laughs> Go to our Facebook page and post your comments about what you do and what are your top, top habits for keeping happy. Go to our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. And you can also post your comments at allthews.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. And join us here next week and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We love hanging out with you. See you on the ride. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.